Genre. Hi everyone and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the podcast where we are watching the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action movie one puppet candle lighting minute at a time. I'm Scott Tofty and with me this week for minutes 16 through 20 are your fantastic co-hosts Chris O'Connor, yo, Rachel Gatlin, hello, Adam Sheehan, howdy, and this week our very special guest, Mr. Mike Carlucci. Hi Mike. Hi, thanks for having me. Welcome to our little show. Excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mike, what 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 brings you into the world of turtledom? Like, how are you most familiar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Are you like a comic book guy, a cartoon guy? Uh, uh, my main turtles are the the original uh, like '90s cartoon. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Even better. <laughs> and just like frame of reference, how old are you, Mike? Uh. Oh, geez. I'm um, 34. Oh, so we're like all in the same ballpark here. All right. Good, good, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Grew up with the great theme song. Of course. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I keep, we're going to have a weekend edition of this show. And one of the things I'm trying to figure out is what the theme song for the weekend edition is going to be. And I'm leaning pretty heavily towards the uh, 80s, 90s cartoon theme, just because, like, obviously. Dun, um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, minute 16 here, it starts with uh, Splinter lighting a candle, and it ends with him saying, uh, you know, remember me. Very uh, melancholy. <laughs> yeah, very melancholy minute. So, uh, Mike, when's the first time you saw this movie? Uh, some, sometime, not in theaters, but short, sometime shortly thereafter at, uh, I don't know, like a sleepover or something. Oh, nice. Um, I... I'm trying to remember. I think I remember the first time we saw this and I think I talked about it in our pilot episode, but it's always hard for me to pinpoint like that exact first time. I envy people who can remember like, Oh, when I saw return of the Jedi, I was like after school on a Friday and my three buddies went with me and we rode our bikes. Like I hate that. I can never remember (laughs) that stuff. It's frustrating having a terrible, terrible memory. Adam has a great memory of seeing uh, Terminator 2, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, my, my dad <laughs> took us to the movies like every weekend for like a three year long stretch, starting from like 89 to like 92 or 93. I Like I was looking through IMDb at just releases in the early 90s and I saw like almost everything in the theater. It was crazy. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's. I'm lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember my, the first time I ever went to a movie theater was to see uh, the original Batman movie, the 89 one with Jack Nicholson oh my- and Michael Keaton. That's funny. I just watched, there's an episode of the Goldbergs where he goes to watch that movie when it's the first time in theaters. And that's oh, wow. another one. Like I have, I have no idea when the first time I saw that movie is. I'm sure it was on video. Yeah, probably. I feel like I remember watching that one like, my family for a while had like a conversion van with a TV and VCR in the wow. back. Oh, oh man, you were that. And like, kid. I feel like it was on the VHS that like was. I feel I don't know. I just remember watching it on that TV and like the weird Daffy Duck Warner Brothers merchandise cartoon <laughs> commercial oh, yeah, that was on yeah. before. Yeah. That was a good cartoon. My mom yeah. is convinced uh, that my first movie was The Little Mermaid, but I, I have no memory of that. Maybe it was before I started making memories. I've also been told that I've seen that movie in theaters, but I have no memory. anyway yeah it's one of those anyways (laughs) well listen before we get too deep into this minute we we sort of have been 
daring each other something and, uh, over the last couple minutes. And what, the, the thing we've been talking about is anchovies. It started a couple minutes ago when Michelangelo was like, if you put anchovies on that pizza, man. And Adam had the brilliant idea of ordering an anchovy pizza online. And I was like, I've never actually had an anchovy before. I've always been too afraid. So mm-hmm. for the, the listening pleasure of all those out there, I have with me a can of King Oscar anchovy <laughs> flat fillets. 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 Is, like is there like a sea captain on the can? <laughs> yeah, there is. It's a red can with a sea captain on it. I, I think you should spread this. Yarn. How many sardines are, are in this can? Well, they're not sardines. They're anchovies. I, I, oh, anchovies. How uh, many anchovies are in this can? I'm hang sorry. A serving size is six fillets, and there are two and a half servings per can. 30 calories per serving. Wow. That's not bad, wow. actually. Um, See, so, so you could have a couple per episode this I'm going to try one now, just because... I never have. Just get started. Go for it. Oh, my God. Tell us what it smells like. (laughs) Well, first off, it's filled with olive oil, and I'm sitting right over my computer. Uh Uh-oh. This might be a mistake. I'm being very careful, and I just now realize that I don't have a napkin anywhere near me either, which is probably also a mistake. Go get a napkin, dum-dum. Hang on. On on. the edge of my seat. This is precarious. It doesn't really... It doesn't smell like... It smells like olive oil, Hmm. so I can't smell... I know it this smells is nice great, then. great audio, right? Yeah. This might be a first in the minutes uh, podcast history of someone like eating on air and mm. describing it in great detail. Um, <laughs> contains 105 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids per oh. serving. Dude, these things are kind of good for you. Yeah. Um, kind of so, being the operative word. Yeah. Like I said, it just sort of smells like tin mm-hmm. in the can <laughs> and yeah. olive oil. But it's filled to the brim with olive oil, and I can see they're like long. They almost look like uh, little miniature pieces of bacon. So oh, that's how hmm. I'm going to think about them to make them more appetizing. Hmm. And there's not like any heads on them. It's like it's already like a cut and like. Well, peeled. that would be the fillet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fillet. So there's like no eyeballs. Which I'm not going to lie. I Google searched how to eat anchovies before we went on the air here, uh, because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to make a total idiot out of myself. But I am yeah. holding one now. It is slimy. There are little teeny tiny bones protruding. Like they almost look Ugh. like beard hairs Ugh. coming out of it. It's sort of it's sort of a reddish tint. My fingers covered with olive oil. All right, here we go, guys. Down the hatch. Ready? Yeah. I'll tell you. Mm. My first ever anchovy. I've never had one. All right. Oh god. I'm glad I have a drink here. Okay, well, it's really salty. <laughs> I like salty. The bones Don't talk with your mouth full. <laughs> the bones definitely like you 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 feel the bones in your mouth when you eat it. Mm. Oh, it's really salty. <laughs> but it's salty to the point of like almost burning. Definitely kind mm. of a fishy smell after it goes in the mouth. Mm. So thank God you guys are not in front of me and you're all over Skype. Great. Um, but all in all, not bad. I foresee myself having a couple more of those. I <laughs> don't know how they would taste on a pizza, but I'm still alive. So, yeah. wow, that's salty. Oh, God. <laughs> What's that line from Futurama? That's the saltiest thing I've ever tasted. Presumably, they're not actually poisonous on account of people well, actually eating if them. I make it to minute 20, well, can, we can verify <laughs> that fact. <laughs> yeah, I guess I thought that sardines or sardines and anchovies were the same thing but i guess well i've never had a sardine either so now i know what we're doing next week those are like little fish (laughs) in a can i've seen those before well i mean that's exactly what anchovies are yeah but no the sardine is the whole fish they're just different fishes 
Yeah. Yikes. Different fishes for different folk. All right. Well, that was fun. I think there's a bone stuck in my Yikes. Oh. Locks. <laughs> Next, we should have some locks. Locks are delicious. Let's talk about this minute here. Uh, the first thing I noticed about this, I don't know if anyone else caught this. Did you notice this whole minute is one long shot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever caught that this whole sequence was just one long shot before from the time Raphael comes in and Splinter lights the candle till the whole end of this, this scene at the beginning of next minute. Um, Mike, you, you had something to say about like the time frame of the movie overall. Yeah, because when Splinter's talking to the, to the turtles, he's, he's talking about how, you know, 15 years that they've been there uh, and, the, you know, the turtles are growing up. Now they're, you know, obviously now they're teenagers uh, it's kind of their first battle, but it's it it's weird that he's having this discussion now with Raphael. Like it seems like some of that should have like they just had their first you know unveiling to um, fighting the kids who attacked uh, April. Maybe Raph doesn't quite get it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it feels like a little of this might have just some of this seems like they would have come up during their. During his initial training and... Yeah, I almost look at this, you know, one of the things we talked about last minute is Raphael coming in sullen and angry that he just got his butt whooped by Casey Jones. And, you know, there's a part of me who's like, uh, there's no way that Splinter knew that he just got in a fight. But Chris and Adam, and I think Rachel probably also mentioned that, you know, Splinter's pulling the dad, like, sitting up waiting for his kid to come home. Like, all the other Mm -hmm. turtles are asleep and, like, Raphael's, like, way out past curfew. So this, I guess, is sort of Splinter's version of, like... Splinter is definitely the sort of dad who would put bubble wrap on the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Tape on the door. (laughs) Um, But it's like, I think it's his version of, like, he's probably yelled at Raphael so much. He's like, let me try a different approach. Let's try this whole, like, let me show you I love you approach, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, this probably isn't the first time this has happened, where Raph has gone out and either got his butt handed to him or gotten in trouble. It it seems like this has happened a couple of times. Yeah, if not out in public, then I would assume at least amongst his brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, we get this this really sort of melancholy. Like, I love you, but you're you know kind of screwing crap up. Lecture from Splinter here. Um, just from a filmmaking standpoint, this this hand that's lighting the candle. When it pulls away and we, the camera pans around and we see the full-bodied um, splinter, he looks like he's significantly further away from the candle than the hand that lit it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Well, didn't, didn't you say last minute that this that shot was like really, really difficult to get? Um, I think Scott Corelli was saying that, that he was talking. Oh, right, he, right. he saw either the documentary or the... Uh, director commentary that was saying that this is one of the toughest shots for a movie for essentially a throwaway, which at the time Corelli said that I didn't even realize this was a long, like now it makes sense that it's one long shot, that it was such a tough shot to get. I thought it was just the single shot of the hand lighting the candle. Mm. Um, Henson's Henson's kind of known for that though. Like um, I remember watching something about the labyrinth where Kevin clash was saying, uh, the scene where one of the the bog nymphs throws his eyes in the air, catches it in his mouth, like they got had to do all of that in one shot for some reason, and it took mm. like a whole day of shooting. So that seems like <laughs> par for the course with them. Like, yeah. there's got to be an easier way to do that. Well, like that scene in oh, which Muppet movie is it? Muppets Take Manhattan with the bikes. Yeah, yeah. that is a yes. whole big elaborate rig 
and they're all marionettes. It's like the most. It's like a giant magic trick. Yeah. Well, and that yeah. doesn't that cut back and forth with shots of people in suits riding the bikes also. I'd have to oh. watch it again. I don't remember. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hang on. Is anyone doing a Muppets minute? Ooh. Oh man. Ooh. <laughs> oh Muppet, god. Muppet, Muppets take Manhattan minute. Are we announcing <laughs> oh, this? Oh boy. No. 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 Let's let, we'll let someone else Stop. take that one. But it's I not could a bad probably idea. Bring in some pretty good guests. Yeah. There too. we go. <laughs> I know puppeteers. Um. So I love how ridiculous Splinter's hand looks. It's got to be a dummy hand. That puppet hand has to be a whole separate like. The thing. sacrificial flammable mm-hmm. hand. Yeah, like the match is attached to it and everything else. Yeah. I just feel like, he, the, the, how many of those did they light on fire trying to film this? <laughs> <laughs> the place just stunk of burnt latex. Oh, uh, And like, what do you, like probably yak fur or something for the hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Chris. There's another little moment in here that I found kind of oddly touching where Raphael sort of like looks away pouting like he's not listening to splinter and i never caught this but splinter's right hand goes up and kind of like cradles raf's chin and forces him to look back at splinter at about 24 mm-hmm. seconds in and raphael's got this big wide-eyed look on his face um never noticed that it was splinter actually like hey look at me i'm talking to you and uh i just thought it was sort of a super cute moment and uh really <laughs> sort of indicative of how much you know Splinter cares and how he's really trying to hammer this message home with Raph. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, how many times have your parents like Mike, has that ever happened where like your mom or dad is talking to you and like, they have to literally like hold your face to make sure that they're paying attention. Yeah. Uh, that's like a classic part of childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, we've, we've said it before and I don't, it's, it bears repeating. Like this is probably the best version of the family dynamic of the turtles and splinter i would say probably in any of the media the new cartoon is pretty good at it but mm-hmm. this one is like i think it it does it very subtly but it does it very well it shows that it's like a father and his sons yeah um and it makes me want to cry and it also makes Raphael cry they got turtle Aww. puppet tears in this minute <laughs> yeah Aww. so the the funny part about that is like, I don't, I guess that Raphael sort of starts out of focus, so it's hard to tell, but I don't see tears on him at the beginning of the shot. It seems like they actually, like, develop as the scene goes on. Like, how, how does that work? Uh, you know, little pipes, little tubes. Yeah, probably. Like little bladders in the puppet. Do they have, like, a dummy <laughs> <Yeah>. crying head? <laughs> we'll have to see in the credits if there's a, a tear... Or, you Engineer. know, the, the camera does pan away, so maybe really quickly someone just came over and dropped Just eyedroppered one in. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of really good pull focuses in this movie. Um, like, coming up this week, actually, there's a really great pull focus with um, Raph standing with a newspaper. It's, like, one of my favorite shots of the whole film. But they, they, <laughs> oh, they, yeah. do, that, they do that a lot where, like, they'll have something happening deep focus in the background that they kind of pull back and forth to. They do mm-hmm. that a lot in this movie. It kind of adds uh, realism to the whole thing. Yeah. I don't remember what the, the credits were for the director of photography for this movie, but it was a lot of like other 80s and early 90s flicks, right? Uh, I'll have to look him up. Yeah, we did this in, in the credits, I think, at one minute. Um, if nothing else, we definitely did Steve Barron, the director, who uh, was music video guy. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to sort of 
maybe in our weekend edition, take a look at some of his videos and some of the other work that the DP was involved in and see if we can uh, find some similarities going on. Because a lot of movies that were made um, in the early 90s and late 80s, especially kids movies, were like washed out with light and mm-hmm. kind of just flat. You know what I mean? Like right. Three ninjas. had that studio lighting to it. And this kind of broke the mold in that sense because it, it was, first of all, they wanted, I guess they wanted to start as kind of a darker tone, A, because it's a lot easier to hide puppet stuff with less light Mm. but also they they kind of wanted it to be a little grittier but it also let them do more cinematic things with it when you do that because you almost have to at that point yeah i love how wet splinter's nose is (laughs) (laughs) like a puppy it's just like he's dirty looking and gross but you kind of just want to pet him (laughs) (laughs) take him home give him a bath um, I want to talk real quick about the, the music in this scene. We've sort of got a hint of the, the splinter pan flute thing earlier, but now we're getting this really nice kind of solemn piece of music that underscores this whole scene. And I, I sort of don't know how else to describe it other than like Hollywood's version of what Asian music sounds like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's, it's, Almost stereotypical in a, if for like a martial arts scene, mo- movie scene, but not quite. It's still got a lot of heart and a lot of gravitas to it. Um, and I think it, like it's probably another, a shakuhachi Japanese wood flute. It's a synthesized one, definitely. It's not a natural instrument that mm. I can tell. Um, That's probably what they're trying for. It's what he's going for. Absolutely, John Duprez is definitely trying to like play up the whole like ancient Japanese aspect of this uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, it does reek a little of Star Wars in this minute. <laughs> it, it does. It's, this I mean, is kind of, Adam, it is I think, before the prequels. It's not like he's saying fear leads to anger. <laughs> anger leads to hate. You know, that's, that's not First exactly you get the what's money, Then you but get the is, power. He is yodaing as hard as he can yoda. What is that line from, um, Parks and Rec? Pizza leads to power, power or no, time is money, money is pizza, pizza is power, or something like that. I always like from Buffy when Xander's like, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to fear. No, wait, first you get the money, <laughs> then you get the power. No, and he's just like, he's mixing all these different quotes he just, up. He just doesn't get it. But I always have this moment with a movie when it starts to just kind of bite off of Star Wars, where I'll just kind of throw my arms up in the air and go, this is just Star Wars. Or we'll be in the movie theater and he'll tap on my shoulder, this is just Star Wars. <laughs> I also do that when they say the name of a movie. Yeah. I can't help but go, they, that's the name of this movie. My uh, <laughs> my brain TV right now is just doing a family guy cutaway where it's like mm-hmm. you guys watching different movies in different situations and Adam's just going, this is just Star Wars. Or you yeah, guys that, like grocery that, shopping and Adam's just we, like, this is just Star Wars. <laughs> that even happened when we saw Rogue One. You were like, this no, is no, just it was, Star Wars. It was Force Awakens. <laughs> Force Awakens. <laughs> this is just Star Wars. There's a, there's a, Which, there's a moment. That's kind Force- of oddly perfect. Perfect, because hmm, yeah, it, yeah, works, it works on several it levels. <laughs> it works on a couple of levels. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Go ahead, Adam. Well, I, I, I was just, I was just gonna say that because like the Force Awakens is kind of just a new hope. Yeah. I was just like, wait a minute, this is just Star Wars. <laughs> it works um, too if it's like this is just the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, I, I guess that's all I have for this minute. We don't have a whole heck of a lot to work with here, but it's this cool one long shot. It's really a very great 
splinter and raf centric minute so unless anyone it's else has anything moment. to to add um uh, no good uh, you know just more of of splinter being like 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 how how old is splinter supposed to be like relatively like is he is he supposed to be like like a really because he's 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 constantly talking about like i'm not always going to be here which a younger father wouldn't necessarily talk like exactly (laughs) like that i i don't intend to talk like that but i mm, he's Mm. sure he he says that a lot you know that that brings up a really interesting point so how the turtles are teenagers right yeah so they're celebrating their i'm just googling lifespan of a rat (laughs) <laughs> and like the first thing that pops up is length black rat uh or sorry brown rat lifespan two years black rat 12 months and i'm just like what that that just like 15 uh, years ago well I splinter mean, was splinter in japan is right he he is a mutant rat so yeah he he, he also you know he can also talk and think and yeah. wear clothes and use his hands so there there's a certain like sort of a- approaching humanity and he so i imagine live... he can get like a fraction of a human lifespan so he's he's probably at 15 he's probably like well past middle age and you know he's he's looking at he's looking down the barrel of 20 thinking oh oh it's coming <laughs> he was a pet too and animals in captivity tend to live a little bit longer than those in the wild. But. Which sort of brings me to this point. Like, say he's two years old at the time of becoming a mutant, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's like the old end of a rat lifespan, yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, yep. Let's say the turtles are just babies at that point, okay? Little babies. And they've grown together. For the past 15 years. He's only like two years older than his kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like, he's not like this grandpa. I mean, unless it's like seven dog years kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. But That's like, probably. That's why I don't like that in this incarnation, um, Splinter was a rat. Because in the cartoon show, he was a human that got turned into a rat. Yeah. yeah, Mike. Yeah. Like Mike, we don't. We haven't heard a lot from you yet this minute. So ch- chime in, man. Like you're you're a fan of the cartoon where it is. You know, Splinter is actually Hamato Yoshi, right? Yeah. And what's what's your take on the shift in the origin story here? Like, which do you prefer? What are your reasons? Like, uh, I, I I mean, I, I saw the cartoon first, and I'd completely forgotten that in the movie uh, version he was just always a rat. Like I, I could picture in my mind in the, the opening credits of the, uh, of the cartoon, like you see him transform and like he, I don't know like fur flies out of his fingers or something. Dramatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like a mid karate chop, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what, what do you mean? You, you, you watched your master from a cage. Like, I don't, yeah. I had completely forgotten about that since last seeing that this statement becomes really weird if he's not a rat. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also why make the change like i don't i don't get why they made that change it so, doesn't but you you know the origin in the comics sense. are you familiar with that chris the, the original okay I'm so not. the original the origin, origin story uh, is much closer to the movie where splinter was a oh. pet 
of Hamato Yoshi. Okay. Of Hamato Yoshi. All right. All right. Oh, I so didn't I think, know that it was like that in the comics too. I yeah, in the was, comics, he yeah. starts off as uh, a pet rat. So was it only and in the cartoon where he was a human and turns into a rat? Only in that first cartoon, I think. Oh. I'm not sure. The 2003, huh. the 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 two dimensional 2003 cartoon might be. He was a human the, also, but I can't remember. The Nickelodeon one, he was a human because he talks about his wife and child. Yeah, because Karai. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sadness. Oh, spoilers. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I said sadness, oh, hey, not spoilers. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I think we just poked a big hole in this whole origin story, though, because like he's he's not that old. Like They treat him as so old in this. And in the original cartoon show, it makes sense because, like, he was actually a guy first and then a rat. Like, he can yeah. become, like, it makes sense for him to be that much older than the turtles. Mm-hmm. All right. We are breaking down walls here, folks. <laughs> Maybe mutagen has a strange effect on aging. Shattering well, it, yeah, dreams. It could just be turtle years versus rat years because a turtle can live to, like, 150. Yeah. Well, that's like yeah. a sea turtle, like a tortoise. I don't know about like little box turtles. Yeah, there's there's some smaller turtles that, that can live pretty long. So that also <laughs> helps make sense. All right. Yeah, maybe they grow really fast, too. Like, they're 15, but maybe this is only like... But they're an immature... Five years, five maybe, years of growth or something. Right. So the turtles would be more immature at 15 years than Splinterwood. He would definitely seem much more aged. Okay, that helps me believe this a little more suspension of disbelief is now resuspended (laughs) further suspended yes like a bridge i um i think we're gonna wrap up this minute and we'll get on to minute 17 there uh mike thanks for hanging out we're gonna see you again in the next minute here everyone else uh for the crew here at ninja turtles minute we will catch you guys tomorrow see you later bye bye cowabunga there we go (laughs) 